0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome episode number 15. My name is Ronsley and today I'm talking with David Bunce. He is the guy behind Hawk AI and has got some really amazing results when it comes to using marketing, getting data back from your marketing efforts and using that and AI to improve the next pieces of marketing you put out. We talk about that, we talk about different applications of artificial intelligence, and maybe you'll get an idea on how you can use AI in your business. Come, let's learn. Hey, it's Ronsley. Welcome, you AI geek, to this podcast, My AI Love Affair. Consider this podcast your digital compass, guiding you through the labyrinth that is business growth using artificial intelligence. Running a business as a creative can sometimes be like trying to solve a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. But what if you had a secret tool that could align all the colors for you? That is AI. It's like a master key unlocking multiple doors. Thanks for being here. Let's learn. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for making the time. Let's start with, how would you introduce yourself to your audience and what kind of results have you managed to get as a result of executing and implementing AI in the business? So I'm Dave Bunce, president of Hawk AI. Hawk AI is,
1: we are a digital marketing insights and automation tool. We focus on giving benchmarks and data to our end users that deliver better marketing results for them. We provide optimization and improvement recommendations that outperform benchmarks. So we have a before and after view of what happens when somebody plugs in Hawk AI to their marketing tech stack. And typically we see an exponential lift in results in terms of their return on ad spend.
0: When did you get involved with AI? What was it like at the start? And how did the idea come about to, you know, have such a platform that used AI? Yeah,
1: so the Inception idea started now eight years ago. We were running a digital marketing agency ourselves here in Toronto. I'm based in in Toronto area. And we were running into a point where we had clients, campaigns, and ad platforms that we couldn't handle manually in terms of staying on top of. You know, the more data that was coming in, our team couldn't process it, handle it, analyze it fast enough to make it useful and meaningful for our clients. And we brought in a PhD in data science to begin our journey of how can we automate and how can we optimize things, giving the right inputs as opposed to relying purely on people. And that's what evolved in eight years later. Now, you know, we've gone through a few journeys and acquisitions along the way, but now we're rolling and obviously AI has hit everybody's radar now.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating to see how quickly that all went down what was that like for you to watch as someone who's been involved in the ai game for a while what was that like to see hitting critical mass and obviously massive adoption at such a quick rate
1: yeah it was really exciting to see because for us it had been seven or eight years in the making of our own development and our own platform evolution but to see yeah. everyone come around to using it obviously there's still a sort of use case adoption Next step, but now at least the broader public is A, not just aware of it, but B, trying it, testing it, exploring it. That's really an exciting thing for us. We've known Mm. it's been coming, but we never would have thought probably eight years ago that it would have been now.
0: Let's talk about some misconceptions from a business owner perspective. Like what are the common misconceptions about AI that business owners need to be aware of and how can they avoid falling into those kind of traps?
1: For sure. Great question. First and foremost, I always suggest running things in parallel paths where you are looking at a manual version as well as the automated version. And what I mean by that is that classic A-B testing scenario, right? The second point, and it depends on what type of AI we're talking about with generative AI, where you ask chat GPT a question, like write me a homework assignment on Hamlet by William Shakespeare. And it gives you this massive thing. That's cool. That's generative AI. That has more of an instantaneous feedback loop. But You have to remember ChatGPT GPT has been trained over years and years and years, right? Of natural language processing. You also have to understand the AI that you're using, where it is in its life cycle, and that it's going to get better with training. So that's A, why you experiment, but B, also be willing to see through the results of that exercise as the models get trained. First few times, probably going to be a miss, and you're going to have to work with it and evolve it. And- sort of train it over time.
0: You spoke about the types of AI there. So I want to just go a little bit deeper into that. What are the different types of AI? You mentioned generative AI. What is the landscape of AI that we aren't aware of right now?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, there's the generative piece. And then there's also the training approach that is more predictive or prescriptive. So natural language processing and AI, that generative idea is you type something in it gives you something back. There's the other sort of form where it builds its own models or sort of formative AI, where it creates its own models, does its own processing, and over time, what would take you know researchers' years potentially to come up with the AI will do it, but it has to a go through that iterative process of all these different combinations, and it's going to then formulate those sort of models of like here's how you can build this thing mm-hmm. the other one mm-hmm. chat gpt and the mainstream answers are like hey tell me about you know what's happening over here in some part of the world and spit an answer
0: you've been in this ai game for a while what has the, your understanding of ai or how has your understanding of ai changed since you started first implementing it in business what was that like
1: the interesting part that i've seen it evolved to my learning again, coming from a finance background, was that I knew nothing about it. And I was running this marketing agency that had a business problem. And we found the right people and the smart people to bring in the talent to execute. But our whole intent was that, you know, our team was spending hours doing stuff that they didn't like to do. And it was frankly things that we were paying them to do that. We didn't want to pay them to do that much of like, oh, you're spending this much time having to do this data analysis. So, you know, my learning and development went from, I am a finance guy with a business problem, but now to actually see the use cases and to understand at least just enough to be dangerous is kind of where I am. (laughs) And it's still always a learning and evolving, right? Like big advances and game changers happening all the time in this space.
0: What are the different use cases that you've seen of businesses using AI? Like maybe you can go as far and wide as possible, just to give us an idea of what AI is being used for. Can you give us an example, maybe two or three? use cases that businesses can think about and use AI in?
1: Yeah, so I'll start close to home in terms of the marketing space. And you mentioned the content one, that's the classic right now. There is AI generated creative out there that's close to home with marketing. Beyond that, I look at even the AI possibilities that I've seen or started to explore in hospitality. But then two, the customer service angle, understanding better What are those personal preferences that you have, right? All these different things, the ability to connect and really customize the human element is coming to the forefront now. And that's, I think, some of the most exciting part, again, going back to the human and AI connection is you know how can we enable ai to provide everyone better experiences while mm-hmm. still maintaining the human mm-hmm. touch and that's going to be hard
0: ladies and gentlemen if you're listening or watching this hawk.ai is where you go to find everything that dave is up to h a w k e.ai let's get into the idea of hawk ai and what does it do and how does it help business
1: so the key driver there is we have two items. One is a sort of what we call anomaly detection or, you know, i like liken it or give it an analogy. It's your blind spot checker. You're running digital marketing ads all the time. That's ultimately the goal. First yeah. off the anomaly detection is we're monitoring and identifying when there are changes to your performance, a alerting you to them and then B helping you take automated action on those. The other one is budget optimization. And that really comes into cross platforms. More controls are coming away from the marketer, which I actually, when you talk to marketers they are a little worried about it, how many controls are being taken away from them. But what's really been left is where are you putting your dollars? And so our platform looks at across all of your platforms and across all of your campaigns, where we would reallocate spend, reallocating spend across campaigns and across platforms.
0: So is it a case that someone with no marketing background or very little marketing background can have AI decide where their ads go? Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. Like in if to really boil it down, yes. Like if somebody says what they do need to have is for our platform, at least, is they need to be spending some money. (laughs) We can't create the money to start and cross-platform. Like there needs to be enough sample size to do something with. And that's my point on learning and training and development. If you're spending $500 a month, our platform's not going to do it for you, right? Mm. We can't create enough optimization on 500 bucks and that's kind of sample size a month. 5,000, now we can. And it's just because of sheer data and size. And when you talk about use cases, you know, there needs to be a scale for these AI platforms to work. You're not going to get it if you're doing something that could be very easily replicated by by an individual.
0: That's the case with most things, right? If you don't have enough of a sample size, what is the future of Hawk AI when you're looking into the future? What does that look like?
1: We've started to play with the content side in terms of feeding the results into a chat GPT or wherever. And when I say results, I mean, giving the Analysis or the sort of outcomes of your digital marketing based on what we're seeing in your results, we will feed back into generative AI content tools. Generative AI give a suggestion on new content to put on that page. And then the generative AI would give that content. So that's where Hawk AI is heading in the next six, 12 months is that input seed. And then longer term, then we're getting into. I'd say almost connecting marketing with the rest of the business's ecosystem.
0: I would love that kind of data. Obviously, <laughs> any business owner would. So I love where you're going with this. Let's talk about implementation into business. So, how would they choose which business process or operation to start targeting AI with? How would they get started?
1: I think where we started on our journey is a good example of where anybody should start. And it's where is your most inefficient process in terms of one, where are your people or what are your people doing that they like the least in today's labor market? But in general, there's so much competition for good talent right now and good people. I would start there of of what work are our people doing that is the most mundane, tedious work that takes a long time. And for us, that was analyzing data and putting it into a report.
0: What are the key challenges that you've encountered when it's come to integrating AI into your business and how have you overcome them is my first question. And then I want to get straight into the human intelligence versus artificial intelligence piece. The upfront cost was the biggest
1: barrier for us when we started at our agency. We were fortunate that we had a business that was operating profitably, but we siphoned off. Operating cash flow and earmarked a certain number of hundreds of thousands of dollars to start building the tool. When we look at the cost of what we've built, it's well into the million. That was the biggest barrier. And then the other barrier we faced at the time was obviously the workforce and the team being concerned. We have to get the team on board and we have to really show them how this is going to help them and not replace
0: them. Let's talk about the human intelligence versus artificial intelligence piece. The human intelligence piece in terms of what we can't do anymore and then what can artificial intelligence do, but also where does the integrity of everything lie with this whole equation? It's a big question and even you know there's the moral question of integrity.
1: There's also a the legal question of intellectual property ownership, right? From an integrity standpoint, and sort of the question there, you know the way I look at it is we need to get ahead of this, both in terms of use cases, but from a public policy perspective, which I'm not hopeful of, but we need to in order to harness this for our benefit. And we have more technology than ever. We have more artificial intelligence than ever, and yet we're more stressed. So when I think of the integrity side of it, it's how do we use this, A, in a non-pervasive way, but B, how do we do this in a way that actually respects and allows us to get you know societal benefit out of it in terms of less stress or any of those things?
0: Do you have any idea on where we're heading with this technology and How people can integrate more of that?
1: Yeah, I think a couple of things. One is we need to make sure the results and the sort of outcomes of the AI work is as transparent as possible. We still need people to be able to understand what comes out of it. Let's make sure that the output is still quality efficiency tool as opposed to an execution tool is also important, right? Mm -hmm. So I only worry about as the pace of technology only accelerates, how do we as society have these types of conversations in a fast enough way that lets us gain control of how we're going to do this? And otherwise, it's just going to have to be, you know, kind of everybody hopefully is a good person. Yeah.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, hawk.ai, H-A-W-K-E.ai is where you go to find all the cool stuff and using, if you, obviously if you spend money on ads and you have this ecosystem going, like definitely give it a try. Dave, thank you for the time and thank you for doing this and thank you for having the conversation. I have to say that some of the things you said I've never thought of before, so I'm glad we've had this conversation. So thank you for making the time. Hey. AI Geek. Thanks for listening. Your job doesn't stop here. I want you to lend your voice to the conversation so you can join those conversations, discussions, new trainings, new recordings, and the rest of the AI Geeks by going to AIGeeks.co slash discord. Also, share this podcast with a friend, another potential AI geek. Until then, much love.